I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The volume. All right, guys, UFC 297 goes down this weekend, and we finally get to see the fight between Drakus and Sean Strickland. Look, man, this one is as personal as it's going to get. And in personal fights, your boy always shows up. So once again, I've partnered up with the DraftKings Sportsbook to give all new customers a fantastic offer. Bet only $5 or more and get $200 in bonus bets instantly by using my promo code DCTV. It's going to be cold in Canada, but it's going to be hot inside that octagon. Once again, get in on all the action at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Use my promo code DCTV at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the UFC. And at the DraftKings Sportsbook, guys, the crown is yours. You can be like your boy. I'm a king. Why don't you be a king or a queen? It is what it is. Let's go. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-N-Y 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777. Or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Budio Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash MMA for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Yo, it's freezing here. Yeah. Why is it so cold? I have no idea why it's so cold. I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't know it. I'm from South Africa. It's, it's uh, 107 degrees Fahrenheit. It's never Fahrenheit. cold there? It gets cold in winters, but I'm talking about maybe my, where I'm from. I'm still asleep when it's minus one or two, and then it's like 15 degrees yeah. uh, in Celsius. I mean, we don't know the snow. 
this is crazy. I got <laughs> off the airplane, I was like, it's the coldest I think I've ever been in my life. But this thing right here is, this is nice. Coming in prepared. Yeah. Uh, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Look at me. Look at there it. Go. Looking good. Oh, man. Guys, I'm here with Drake's Duplessis as he challenges Sean Trickman for the middleweight championship of the world. Thank you for checking in with me, man. I appreciate it. So, first and foremost, I want to thank you. Because you might be the only fighter that when we talk about you, sometimes we say things that are negative, you never take offense to it. No. Why? It's like most guys get mad. You never take offense to it. Yeah, I mean, for the one thing you have to say, like you specifically give me more shit than everybody, anybody. But, uh, and I hear it, and I take it into consideration. And then I go, no, DC, you're full of shit. <laughs> and uh, um, I think you're wrong. And sometimes I go, he's making a good point. Uh, it all depends on how you look at a fight. You have a different style to me, and you know I can learn from that. And uh, sometimes I'm just that's not going to work for me. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's so, that's yes. what it's about. I mean you've been there, you've done it all. So I mean a lot of times I think you're full of shit, but a lot of times <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, the man's got a point. Maybe I can learn something. But you told I remember the first time that it became apparent that you had like very thick skin and you were going to take things. It was the breathing thing. I was like, why does he look so tired? And you're like, dude, I'm not tired. I'm fine. I can breathe my nose. And you you came back the next fight and looked amazing, right? Yeah. So it's like, I get it. But it, it was very refreshing to see that you're watching all these people with these opinions. And you're going, I'm just going to show you. Yeah, I mean, for me too. I have to tell you that because, you know, you can say all these things. that Because I know the work I put in. And I go, why am I getting tired and why? Because if you breathe through your mouth, you're going to get tired. And I am getting tired, but not to a sense where I can't do anything. But why isn't the hard work paying off in the cage? What's happening? And uh, in the last fight, it finally did. And I mean, I promised a lot of people a lot of things. So Dude. there's only one way for me to know as well. And that was in the cage. And so when I, that, that was my come to Jesus moment. That's what they say in church, like, like black Baptist Southern churches. Okay. We have come to Jesus moments where we're like, oh my God. Like, this is it. I see it now. It was that one, right? So when you watch Drake's Duplessis fight and you're doing some, you know, you're fighting from different angles, doing some weird shit. Sometimes yeah, you do some a lot weird of weird shit. shit. At a lot, of weird, a lot shit. of weird shit. But it's working, right? And then you do it to Robert Whitaker. And if everybody thinks Robert Whitaker is so good, how could they judge you in a way where it's like, well, Drake is doing it his way? And that's when I looked at it and I go, you know what? Maybe it's just his way of doing it. His way works for him. And obviously it's worked to the point that it's gotten him a championship opportunity now. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, with this fight game, if you, if you went to go look at how guys fought way earlier days, when there was still so many different styles coming in, one style would look when Leo Machida came in with his style, people just thought, this is ridiculous. It's not going to work. How can you fight like that? You can't fight with your hands here. You can't yeah. do that. No, this is evolution of sport. And that's honestly what I believe I have. I think that's what me and my team have cultivated here is a, a next step. And uh, I think the world's gonna catch on. Does it feel good though? Like, does it feel good when you do something like that takedown? You remember that one takedown yeah. when I was hard on your takedown? Yeah. And you come back and you do it better the next fight and you go, yeah. hey, Daniel. Uh, yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember that because that takedown, it's something I can land, I really do. Obviously, Brad Tavares has amazing takedown defense and it didn't come together on that night. And, uh, you know, watching that first round, I watched my fights a million times and I watched that fight and I can't even watch it. I go, no, 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 no. 
And uh, coming back the next fight, um, and I said, well, I have something to prove. At least, at least get one decent takedown in, man, to make sure these people that you can. I got six takedowns, six for six the next fight. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it feels good. It feels refreshing. But, you know, at the end of the day, it also, it keeps you humble. It keeps you, uh, it keeps you in a mindset of, listen, you're competing with the best guys in the world, and you better be putting in that work. Because, yeah, you can throw your training partners around. You can, maybe you know you can land a soup player double leg from any angle always but not when you're fighting in the UFC yeah I just want to tell you it's refreshing and I appreciate that you uh, you don't care and yeah. you should right yeah. because ultimately we're just dudes talking yeah and we're all washed up I can't do what you do no more uh, and I appreciate your the way you approach this thing no it's your pleasure man. we're here for a reason though you're trying to become the middleweight champion of the world yeah. Is this thing with Sean Strickland, is it real? Is this really who he is, or do you believe that this is part of a game? Yeah, it was, it's very hard with Sean Strickland. I don't know, because I've had encounters with him before uh, where we met once or twice, but quick, I'm talking about 10 seconds in the PI when I was there, and he's always been... He didn't uh, try to I, fight you? No, not at all. But it was before we were set to fight each other. And... Um, he was always super respectful and nice, and I still feel that way. I think he's a, he's a nice guy. I think he has some demons. And, uh, you know, I think, I don't know, I, think, I don't think this is so much an act. I think uh, he grew into being himself on the mic because he realized, listen, I'm saying all this stuff that I'm thinking anyway, and we're getting too much shit for it. Yeah. So, and people started liking him or recognizing him for that, disliking and liking, recognizing for it. And I think... That's good for him. He found his character that he can be himself a little bit more. Where this whole thing that happened, that was, I saw people saying that it might have been staged, and if it was, that's super unfair because nobody told me about it. <laughs> if, they, if you're telling me a guy's going to punch me, please let me know. Because if it was staged, then we both deserve some, uh, some Oscar nominees, I think. Um, but, yeah, I think that was emotional overflow. I think I hit a nerve and I... You know, I wasn't, gonna, I wasn't going that route in that press conference, honestly. I answered every question respectfully on him as a champion because I do respect him as a champion. But, you know, he threw a jab and I, I let it go and he threw another one. And up until we didn't get the crowd as riled up because he usually just rants and says outrageous stuff, uh, he didn't get that reaction. And that's when he went, we're not friends, and he started trying going the bully route. And I wasn't going to let that slide. Like, I'm a respectful guy, but I'm going to treat you the way you treat me. Yeah. And... Uh, I'm not allowing you to bully me, and I showed him what it feels like. You know, when you when you said the things you said, and first off, I don't know why they put you guys so close in such yeah, that was crazy. UFC. Like Dana took full responsibility for it, and said he's an idiot. But um, when I when I I was sitting at the commentary table, and I saw you guys sitting there, and I was like, wait, what? They're like right there. You know, I didn't expect that reaction. Because again, Sean does say some pretty outlandish things. But when you said the things that you said, did you think it would strike a nerve with him like that? Yeah, I think so. I think it would. Uh, well, I was ready for the back and forth banter because that's an area where people almost shy away when Sean Strickland grabs that mic because first he shouts. They don't know how deep he's going to yeah, go. Yeah, they don't know how deep he's going to go. I don't care how deep he goes. You know, uh, there is no line that you can cross in my. There's nothing you can say that will ever. Trigger me. There's nothing you're going to say that's going to, now I'm mad. It's just words. We'll sort it out and fight. I can't be triggered by words and anything you say. It won't happen. And 
I wasn't scared to take him on the mic and beat him there. I didn't expect it to happen so quick. Uh, oh, that was me chipping away, getting a reaction, and then the back and forth starts. And obviously, the first that was a, the first blow was a good one. It was uh, George Masvidal versus um, you know getting that that, that five second <laughs> knockout. That's yeah. <laughs> I mean that's how you get it. Did you feel bad though when he was on Theo Vaughn's podcast and he was crying about all of that stuff and no. you had kind of because again I feel like I feel maybe I'm wrong. I feel like when you said that to him, it op it opened something up in him to where now he cannot put it back into. So a lot of times when people have like issues like that, and we all have them, you kind of tuck them away. Yeah. Right. If it, it feels like he it was brought up to him and he could he can't put it back in the box. Well, call me a therapist then. I'm really glad he got it. You know. <laughs> but, uh, Did you uh, feel bad for him? No, 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 no. I you know I feel bad for him as a kid. Yeah. You know, no but not the man today. It, but not the man today and. You know, it's uh, uh, it shouldn't happen to any kid. And I feel, you know, that is that is a terrible thing that happened. But it happened. Yeah. And right now, this is the real life. This is where he is now. That excuse is expired. And to be the bully that he is and try and play victim now, I'm not buying it. That's that's the problem. That's the problem with going at it the way he did. Yeah. I have no problem with it. I actually I really enjoy him. I'm I'm a fan of his trash talk. I'm a fan of. Uh, the way he fight, I'm really a fan, and when he got what's coming, uh, you know, it was, I never meant it in a way that that should happen, uh, yeah. but it did, and great for me. I did it to, uh, to win him at the press conference, to win that battle. And uh, when he reacted and went all victim mentality, did he feel bad for Khalil Roundtree when he made that tweet after Khalil Roundtree cried at the presser? Did he feel bad saying that, uh, He's a beta male for doing that. Adesanya with the dog. Yeah, well, I mean that I understand. Uh, <laughs> so you agree on yeah, that? Yeah, we have, we have, <laughs> me and me and Sean have some mutual agreements. I have to say that. You know, that's not a real thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that thing, that's not a real thing. It has to be made up. Like I, 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 I don't, don't know. I saw the video. Up. It looks kind of real. I don't know. Is it a fake video? I have no idea because I won't look it up. Yeah, yeah. Go look it up. I think it's kind of real. So you and Sean are aligned. Yeah, on that and that we we can agree one hundred percent, but. Yeah, did he feel bad when he, when he said, and he says, you don't talk about somebody's wife on that podcast while being in a feud with Ian Gary over his wife and the stuff he said. I'm, I, was, I was actually blown away. And there's, there's a, somebody made this video where what Sean said, you don't do that, you don't do that. Since when he became, he became Mr. Moral, uh, the, deciding where the moral line is. No, he had, definitely has no say in that. Yeah. And um, now that we struck a nerve, the, he feels, no, you don't say that. And he's been caught so clearly doing the exact same thing, you know, saying Khalil Roundtree is a beta male and a shit man for, for crying, then saying um, uh, you don't talk about a man's wife while literally going at Ian Gary's wife. There were many things, and, you know, he says, I'm joking about child abuse, and he makes now, like, how can you joke about something like that? He's been joking about it all the time. He's been joking about child abuse the whole time, saying kids need to be beat more child abuse, like they need abuse, they need, I didn't joke about it, I was speaking facts. I do think that I would beat his dad's ass and he said he would, he said, so that's what I said and I honestly feel I spoke the facts, he made it known to the world, not me, yeah. and I wasn't joking about it, he was joking about it, so, you know, I mean it's terrible that it happened to a kid, but it doesn't give him an excuse to, to play victim now after being the bully for so long.
you think that he's too emotional now? Do you think that that's going to play its way into the fight? Because it felt like to me, before he fought Adesanya, they were going back and forth, but the moment that cage door closed, he was center, and he had the greatest performance of his career. Yeah, I mean, but if you look at the Adesanya press conference, there was something different. He was Sean Strickland. He got his way. He, he was be doing the bullying on the mic the whole time. Adesanya was almost just sitting there, not even really considering this guy a threat, which was the biggest mistake. But Sean was having a field day on that mic. And uh, there was basically no resistance. And uh, you know, he had the crowd that is, uh, behind him. He had everything. How did he have the crowd behind him? That is, that is crazy. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I How mean, did he do that? I mean, the way that he flipped that crowd over there yeah. was nuts to me. Yeah, I think, uh, the, I don't know, did they started disliking Adesanya or did they start liking Sean? You have to, I, I don't know. But I mean, his, if you look at his following, it grew. And like I said, Sean is a likable guy. The one mistake out of this whole thing is him not sticking to his guns and doubling down. He starting to play a victim card because unfortunately with the things he said and done, nobody's going to feel sorry for you. Yeah. Do you think that, because I've talked, right, to your manager and matchup wise, people feel like you just have a great style for Sean Strickland. How do you anticipate this fight playing out this weekend? Yeah, I think... Uh, it's but that's the confidence that has to come from your team, right? Yeah, have exactly. I have to have that confidence. We, under no circumstances do we go and say, oh, this is an easy fight. Not at all. We go and say, we are fighting the best middleweight in the world. The guy who absolutely obliterated Israel Desanya. He seemed, he seemed unbeatable. And Sean went in there and made it look easy. And uh, that's how we prepared. We prepared 100% for the greatest fighter in the world. And yeah. uh, you know, matching up with him style-wise, everybody goes, yeah, Drikas has that power, but Sean has the output. In what world? I have more significant strikes than him. I have the highest significant strikes landed per minute in the history of the middleweight division. People just don't notice that because they come with a lot of power. So if you look at a guy like Sean, yeah, he only has a 33% uh, finish rate, where I have, I think, a 96%. I only have one fight that's not been finished. So you are looking at, firstly, an incredible fight, and I just believe that I have a more all-around game than, than Sean Strickland. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.